Watch the headbutts and elbows. No rabbit punches, no low blows. This will not be a clean fight, so protect yourself at all times. The underdogs are coming for the throne. This is the B-Sides Boxing Podcast. Life between you and me. <laughs> yeah, this was a big weekend. Uh, it's been a big week. Uh, a lot of shit was going on. Uh, so let's get right into it. Um, I want to start with some new shit. Uh, Fury Ushik is officially over. I, I mean, if you know Tyson Fury, you saw the shit coming like 10,000 miles away. Nonetheless, it still uh, still hurts my heart a little bit that we're not getting the um, undisputed heavyweight championship fight. So that's unfortunate. Um, Aegis Klimas, uh, Ushik's manager, mentioned that he's going to be looking at his mandatory obligations for his three titles. And um, But they also mentioned that Wilder's on the table, or uh, is a consideration, and Wilder's manager, Shelly Finkel, mentioned that Wilder's open to that fight as well, and he's, ready, he's getting ready to start uh, training again. So that might be on the horizon. Who knows? Uh, what do you think is possible? What do you think is going to happen, RG? Um, what are we looking at? Just between all these guys? Yeah. All these guys. Uh, I mean, it seems like Fury Joyce will definitely happen. Oh, Christ. Which actually, of the three, that's like the best fight that any of the three will probably be involved in. Not that Joyce, I mean, has really any chance, but decent that, opponent. That's uh, weird, because he's in the, man- he's the WBO mandatory so he would have a shot at Ushik now yeah. but he's he's a he's a warring fighter oh yeah in-house okay and Ushik is the bigger anyway so I, I think it's kind of like a favor to Warren from Fury like hey you know I'll let you cash this guy out you can get a big in-house fight you know yeah. put him on pay-per-view Usyk I guess Dubois is the mandatory I honestly do not know if that'll happen <laughs> I guess if like they're just gonna kamikaze Dubois they can do that <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That's not. I wouldn't do that. Like it just seems very strange to me. I don't. I don't even really know how he's in the position. I guess Lorena was an eliminator or some shit. But I don't know. Wilder's definitely going to the Middle East. I mean, I think that's. He's definitely about to get a huge paycheck from for something. But I don't know who it'll be. Yeah, the uh, Nganu situation was one that I brought up yeah. uh, with our buddies on yeah. Ultimate Casual. It may be Nganu. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, maybe Ruiz, but I don't know. It'll definitely be kind of a gimmicky fight either way if they're going to want to really break out the, the bank. Yeah, if they want to really put on a show that's going to get people excited. it's Yeah, it's going to have to be circus. That's too bad. Well, I guess well, for Wilder, is there really all that much left to do? He's a pretty he's a known really. quantity at this point. I mean, I guess if you're, like, super delusional, you can be like, you can think they're going to do, like, Wilder, AJing in the Middle East, but probably not. I still want to see that. I really do. Yeah, no, everybody does. I just don't, <laughs> I don't think that's going to be what, what occurs. No, yeah, probably not. But uh, we'll talk a little bit more on AJ in a little bit. In a way, suffered an injury. Did you see what it was? Uh, I didn't, but the fight is postponed with Fulton. It was his hand. I'm not sure which hand. It was his hand, though. Okay. He's had hand injuries before. Interesting. 
And he wears uh, Cletos, Cletos all the time. Man. Yeah, Cletos. He used to wear winning. I think it, I think it was a sponsorship thing. But uh, he was still getting knockouts with him, which is crazy. Those pillow gloves. Okay. Um, one last bit of news. Better be a first Smith was ordered by the WBC. The deadline for negotiations is April 11th before it gets ordered to purse bid. And, yeah, so Smith was supposed to have fought a few weeks ago on uh, that Manchester card, but he was quote-unquote injured. And look at this. Uh, I think Rob mentioned this quite some time before it was released. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a, a Scouse thing. They get, like they know each other or something. But yes, <coughs> to transition into our recaps here, just a... So Better BF obviously has three of the titles. Uh, the one he's missing is what, WBO? WBA. WBA, okay. Let's go on So, yeah, WBA people, right. Um, so there was an eliminator for the IBF mandatory slot. Mikhail Eifert from Germany, uh, UD Jean Pascal. I actually, believe it or not, I, I don't know why I watched that fight. I, I think it was too. just like the way it was on Friday, maybe. There was like nothing. It was a Thursday. On. Or yeah, it was a Thursday. It was something like random day. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That, I mean, Pascal was just terrible. Like, he looked really bad. He's so old, you know. He pretty yeah. much just got beats the punch by Eifert the entire night. And Eifert, but like Eifert. So John Pascal, at this age, this stage of his career, he's been through some wars and stuff. If Eifert couldn't get him out of there, I don't see him posing any threat to better be a Smith winner, likely better be if. Is, is, do you think that he has anything that could keep better be if at bay? Uh, definitely not. Uh, it's just 175. Like, you're just going to run into figures. Like, Baterbio's fought, like, four German guys. Like, there's been no good good German boxers in the last 30 years. Baterbio's fought four Germans. <laughs> like, he won his title versus Enrico Kerlin, okay, German. He defended it against Adam DNS, German. Now he's about to fight. What's the guy's name? Something Eifert? My, Mikhail. Lucas Eifert. Yeah, Mikhail Eifert. It's like, okay. It's <laughs> yeah. way too many German. Like, this was 1940. That'd be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out a way to, to work that in. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, those days are over. Like, yeah. Max Schmeling isn't more. Like, they ain't got no good boxers. Yeah. Like, this is going to be a recurring theme as we go down this list of recaps and previews. Or that there's, like, the next crop of mandatory guys or people lining up to be a mandatory, working up in the contender ladder, they just, like, really don't stand a chance. And the, the current champions have to take a fucking nosedive, like, overnight for them to have a shot. I don't know, maybe the, the next crop's not, not quite up to snuff yet. But moving along, on the 18th of March in Dubai, Gerald Miller stops Lucas Brown in six. Uh, the knockout was kind of funny, so like, that, I recommend checking out simply the knockout. Don't do that to yourself. You have more to live for than watching Gerald Miller and Lucas Brown. Uh, same day, though, in California, uh, Gilberto Ramirez misses weight by 12 fucking pounds. Unbelievable. I just wonder, like, it's not like you don't know. Like, when you show up to the day, you know, like, oh, I'm not about to make this weight. Right. Because if you're off by two pounds, 
you know, maybe the scales are wrong or something, or you thought you could, like, shut it off last second for a 12, but you knew something was wrong, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, they gave him a shot to, I don't know why, but they gave him a shot to shred off the weight. I didn't expect California to give them, like, 12 pounds? Like, Yeah, why would you even, what's, like, you're wasting time. Like, even if he shed down the scale, like, you would pass that with a fight half. What is? How the fuck pounds. do you shed, shed twelve pounds in like two hours? Like, is he gonna cut off his foot or something? This doesn't make any he sense. Maybe, he could lose like three. Right. Maybe. Like if he shit, he could maybe lose three. Yeah. It overall it was a really bad look. Uh, obviously, twelve pounds off. He they gave him a shot. He shed, he uh, was able to cut off five more, and still so he's still seven pounds wow. over. So. I'm um, surprised he lost that. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't even fuck that. <laughs> I would not have tried. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. sounds great. I would have taken, I would have taken a nap for two hours. Yeah, th- this was that. I was, I didn't want to see Gabe in this situation anyway. Just like being a, when I saw his Golovkin fight, I was a big fan of him after that. And, I yeah, this was, this is this is bullshit. I'm glad he rejected the fight and didn't go ahead with it anyway. So yeah, ins- that would have been fun. Yeah. So instead, we got uh, Mercito Gesta gets the split decision over Jojo Diaz. That, that's more airtime than Jojo Diaz deserves. <clears throat> the next week on Wednesday, this was a Pro Box TV card. Just want to mention uh, Mohamed Sumaro versus Angel Lupercio. Uh, <laughs> these were 140s. Uh, Mohamed looked pretty good. Uh, pretty decent power, pretty athletic. Just a name to keep on the radar. Now this one, uh, I had it marked for short talk, but I wanted to give it a little more time because Christian Mbili versus Carlos Congora. This was for the WBA International. This is one of the ones I was talking about with like the next crop of guys lining themselves up for, uh, for c- title contention. Uh, this fight was holy shit, super, super fun. I definitely recommend it. If not, if you have only five minutes of free time, check out round eight between these two. That was incredible. Did you watch this one? I hope you did. That was so I fun. Not, I did not. Did not see it. It's a um, yeah. It's worth checking out. Christian Mbili. His defense leaves a lot to be desired, and his chin is pretty suspect. Uh, Carlos Congora, he uh, caught him clean. A few times, and yeah, Imbili uh, was deer legging. Uh, next one for same situation with the WBC. This one's in uh, or with 168. This is the WBC version though of international. Ivan Zuko versus Jermaine Brown. This was uh, in. I'm gonna guess this was Ivan Zuko's hometown of uh, Lombardia, Italy. I didn't watch it, so I'm not sure. Yeah, that's one to look into. It was a decision win for Zuko, if I'm not, if I recall correctly. And same day, Lyndon Arthur won over Brian Suarez. This was a 175 fight, and this was not for the WIBO, like it was billed as. This was a 10 rounder. Uh, Lyndon Arthur did not look very good because he's not very good. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that nightmare timeline where he beat Yard. Yeah. And like, he had like a 
weird fan base for like a year before they rematched the yard and knocked the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, that was... Watch that fight. It was like, that was like one of the worst fights you'll ever watch. And it's not a clear win for Arthur. Like, they basically do nothing, and Arthur lands, like, one more jab around, and he wins a split decision. It's like, wow, that was the most dog shit fight I've ever seen. I hope they rematch and Yard kills him. Thankfully, that's what happened. Yeah. Just like, dude, imagine imagine Arthur. Like, okay, Yard didn't do... Like, Yard put up a fun fight versus Paterbia, you know? Yeah. Arthur. Arthur would cower for six rounds and just think it's shit. Like, he wouldn't do shit. Thank God he's in the... I don't, I don't know... I didn't even know this fight happened. Never, you know? Until... I didn't know it happened was over people were complaining about the decision so i saw some people saying they thought it might have been close i was yeah. like wow <laughs> it was this closer than the scores yeah it, his uh yeah that's that's the guy i do not give a fuck about like what's up next day in uh this is the 25th last weekend um these are the days this is the day that we uh, had a very, very healthy amount of boxing. Uh, just to get the quick ones out of the way, Lawrence O'Coley uh, beats David Light. Uh, this was a... Wasn't it just like a boring UD? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jose Zepeda beats uh, Niraj Goyat. Oh, man. That was bad. That was terrible. Don't be like me. Don't watch that. Whatever image you have of Zepeda in your mind... Keep that. Don't watch this shit. <clears throat> really quickly, uh, in California, Fresno, the Save Mart Arena, uh, Senisha Estrada defeats Tina Ruprecht to become the WBA, WBC minimum weight title uh, titleist. So that that's kind of fun, I guess. And Jose Ramirez versus Richard Comey. Did you see this one? I saw the end. Just a quick question. Like, in on Saturday, okay, were there more than... 10 messages in the chat about this fight about ramirez yeah ramirez coming i think i literally saw like four messages i want to say 10 is probably the ceiling yeah like literally no and it's it was like an okay fight on paper but it just nobody gave a fuck you know like if it would have been like the weekend before like there wasn't any boxing last weekend right right i'm not sure like that and then people probably would have cared but people just did not give a fuck Ramirez stopped him, right? Stopped yeah. him late with like a body shot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was like a glancing blow. It was kind of weird, but it's I guess it's one of those ones that just touches something you don't expect, and yeah. uh, Comey had trouble with it. The most interesting part of this fight it had nothing to do with the fight. Don't care. It was the little interview he did with Kriegel. That was actually a rare, a rare from the ESPN guys. <laughs> Kriegel was like. Kriegel's like, so you say you want to be a champion, but you turn down like two. You turn down the title shot with Cepeda because you had to go to a wedding or some shit, and you turn down the title shot with Progray. Like, what's up? He's like, hey, bro, I fight for a thing called a minimum. And if you <laughs> offer me below the minimum, I'm not going to fight. I was like, you know, good question, good answer. Like, yep. you know, I like to hear parody on a complicated situation. So shout out to them for that. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's actually really good. <laughs> that's a really good way to put it. Fuck you, pay me. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, hey. I fight for a minimum, which is a million dollars. It's like $1.1 million. And you offer me less than that minimum for a hard title fight, I'm not going to take it. Common fucking sense. I think he said, like, belts don't, you know, belts don't feed nobody. Yeah. Like, it's true. Yeah, they don't. Pretty, he's already got them. Or he's already got at least one of them, WBC. Like, uh, Let's see. Yeah, nothing else to say on that card. Let's get to the main entree of this chat. Uh, in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand... 
we had David Benavides versus Caleb Plant. Oh, this, this, uh, to me, this card was fucking stacked. I think that it, every fight delivered. I feel like they did anyway. So at the to, to open, we had Cody Crowley get a majority decision over Abel Ramos. It was fun back and forth. So it delivered in the entertainment aspect, but Cody Crowley. To put things in perspective, like he recently lost his father, he's having some, you know, troubles in his personal life. So, to turn in a less than stellar performance when he's, help, he's being held up to a higher standard, or because people believe him to be, kind of like the next generation, going life and death with Abel Ramos isn't a good look. But, gotta keep in mind that he's having troubles at home. Do you hold? Do you give him that same same grace or? This is the because I was still at work. This is the only fight I didn't see all of it. Only back and rewatch some of it. Um, I think Crowley's just—I think Crowley's just an okay fighter. Yeah. But he's who's on a good run, you know. Yeah. He beat Abdul Kakarov. That was the—that was the first like that was a big upset. He was like a huge underdog in that fight. Like everybody thought he was gonna lose. He drops him, beats him. Then he stops Jose Zito Lopez. Older, but you know, still always a good fighter, Jose Zito. Gave Thurman a good fight, you know, not like a year before that, two years before that. And, you know, now able. None of these three fighters are amazing, but they're all around his level. He's on a streak. Is he undefeated, Crowley? Yeah. He's, he's fairly young, right? Like 26, 27? He's in Something his late like 20s, that. I think. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't think he has a super high ceiling, but he's fun to watch. Like, he's not very complicated, but I mean, he's just all pressure, throws a lot of punches. Yeah, he's a so. swarmer, for sure. Like Santa Cruz. I think, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think who I'd want to see him fight. Cause it seems like there's a definite level where it's like, okay. Stanley Anything above it. Yeah, Stanley Onis would be fun. Like, anything above, like, I don't know, Virgil wherever Ortiz. you want to draw the line. Thurman, Thurman, Ugas, Ortiz. It's like, okay, he's never going to win these fights. Yeah. Like, they, these are out of reach. Like, but Stanley Onis, that could be, that could be fun. Uh, Butaya. He's got to be. Yeah, Butaya, that would be, that would actually, that's a really good idea. Crowley, Butaya. Or Crowley, maybe Crowley James. You know, give him kind of an elusive, you know, Jamal James. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, too. And that's in-house also, so not bad. Chris Colbert gets the decision win over Rayo Valenzuela. Uh, all the cards were 95-94. Uh, Valenzuela scored a knockdown. It looked flash-ish. Colbert didn't seem too bothered by it. But nonetheless, he was still... He got buzzed a little bit. Do you agree with the decision that uh, Colbert still outboxed him? Not really. Like, I thought Valenzuela should have won, but it was close. Like, yeah, like was. I was surprised... Because, like, PBC is not, like, or Showtime or, you know, whatever. They're not usually the one that will, like, go on and on about a decision. Like, Top Rank will do that or, you know, whatever. But they really went on about this decision. I was, yeah, I, was, I was like, I mean, it's a bad decision, but I've seen worse. Like, Valenzuela did kind of choke it. Like, let's let's just be totally honest. Like, he like he kind of threw a little bit of a tantrum after the fight. It's like, bruh, you've <laughs> choked so many of those rounds after such a strong opening. And this guy clearly can't hurt you. It just seemed like he was, I don't know. Maybe still a little shook because he got knocked out. Yeah, he you know, didn't want to still... open himself up too much. Yeah, like he he just uh, he takes his foot off the gas. Like, bro, feels like you really get. But my my main takeaway was like both these guys honestly suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> like like they're both fun. Like they can have fun fights. Like if they want to do a rematch, I'd watch it. I thought it was a pretty fun fight. Yeah, that but was. yeah, both these guys. Are... Like these guys are not gonna win titles. Like zero chance. Oh, not a lightweight. Uh, not with the killers at the top of that one. Yeah, rematch is a really good idea, just because of how close it was. Um, I think his name is a uh, brother Mozone in the chat. He said, "I disagree with the, I disagree with the decision, but I'm not mad about it." 
I think I yeah, feel right. like it was like a '96 to uh, what? What would it be? '93 for yeah. Colbert, and that—that's yeah, what I, I thought. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't score it. I was thinking like you know maybe five-five, which would win it for Rayo with the knockdown. Yeah, I mean it is this. You know, he just he let too many rounds fall into like he did this kind of rhythm. Not a whole lot happens. Like maybe Rayo will land bigger shots, but Colbert will just like work more often. It's just like damn. Can't you can't let yourself get into a position like that. Right. Then I thought he clearly the last round. It's like I got a little nervous when he clearly lost round ten because he hurts him at the end, but he like gets badly outboxed for the first like two minutes forty five seconds. So I'm like, there's no chance he won that round. <laughs> you know, and that's that's when you get a little scared. I thought he would get it though, so it, it was a little bit of a shock. Yeah, I I thought he was gonna win a close one. The funniest part of the night was uh. When Rayo was like, "You didn't win, you didn't win, yeah. you didn't win," and Col- you're being a sore loser. Was- like I didn't lose. Yeah, Col- I believe he called him a sucker, which is not when you see a lot. Good time to call somebody a sucker. Yeah, that like uh, his older uncle from that was uh, his prime time was in the '70s. Somebody like that might have might have put that one in his in his repertoire. <laughs> there was a lot of people in the chat that were saying that Valenzuela's giving up rounds by not he like he has Colbert pinned and he can unload on him and probably win by stoppage like he had the opportunity multiple times but he didn't take it cuz like you said it, he was like taking his foot off the gas i thought the same thing as you is that like yeah he's probably a little worried about being too open but Don't you, bro, it's chris colbert like, right it, that's exactly 130 who wasn't stopping people at 130 it's not going to get any easier like if <laughs> If you're ever gonna have a fight where you're gonna step to somebody again, it's right now. Like it's this guy right here. Like you're not fighting fucking Isaac Curry. You're not fighting anybody who has any power. You know. So yeah. that, it just bolts very poorly for him going forward. That's why I'm like, okay, maybe he should have won. But like, I still think he's not a factor at 135. Like after that performance, like hell no. Nah. Yeah, neither is Colbert for that matter. Yeah, Col- Colbert should go back to 130. He's way too small. Like not everybody's gonna blow the fight like Rayo did. Oh, like yeah. other people was. Dark shit out of him. Like he's he's too little. Tank would fucking spark him out. Easy. Yeah, like that that would that would be crazy matchmaking. Speaking of crazy matchmaking, Jesus Ramos versus Joey Spencer. That was fucking crazy matchmaking. That was what I was like I was like, maybe I'm reading it wrong and they're both just on the card fighting different people. <laughs> was like, oh, I was like, oh my god, Spencer's gonna get fucking murdered. Like, are you serious? Man, I cannot believe they made this fight. I mean respect to to Joey for taking it, but wow. I imagine even at the Ramos camp, they're like, we're gonna fight, Sp- this is the fight. Okay, yeah, sure, great, sign the contract. Like that huge mismatch in my opinion. I know some people that that are kind of high on him or like they're hopeful about him. I, I never saw it. I, I didn't see what I mean, they were think, looking for. I think he's totally like terrible. No, he's but, not. But like, if you just watch, if you watch like 10 minutes of Spencer and then 10 minutes of Ramos, it's very clear who's better. Yeah, no it's shit. It's like, oh, multiple levels. Like, there's no chance he can hang with this guy. Yeah, so that's stoppage in seven. Uh, corner through in the towel. Man. Uh, yeah, smart stop. Very, very good. Like, but yeah, still good Good to see, you know, they weren't delusional about it. They're like, all right, there's, there's not a reversal about to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, Spencer... Like, I want to say, like, round at, by the end of like the third, his face when they when you see him coming back to his own corner, he, like the dude is like done. He's, he's like, I got nothing. My best, I'm hitting him with my best, 
and it's not doing anything. The, the guy knew. He knew. It was also such a huge size difference. Yeah. Like, Ramos... Because Spencer is, like, uh, average to, like, slightly below average. Where, where was it? 154? Yeah. And Ramos is, like, fairly big for the weight. So, I mean, right off the bat, you're like... Phew. So you're not as skilled and you're not as big and you're not as powerful. And you're, just, like, you're mildly more fast. Like, let's see what will happen. <laughs> at least, I don't think he took insane amount of damage, at least. You know? Took a little bit of a whipping. Got pulled out. You know, yeah. Got a re uh, Yeah, after... I'm, I keep bringing it back up, but after that uh, morel Yerbo situation... I'm loving all the like corners pulling their guys out much sooner. Which I think it's, I think they said it's his dad too that trains him. So it's kind yeah. of he was definitely a little. I, yeah, like I've seen him now. Yeah, I I know my kid. I know what he can do. All right, this is it, the main event of the weekend. Uh, for the WBC interim super middleweight title, David Benavides beats Caleb Plant. This was a UD. Uh, I think the scores were like 7-5, 8-4, and 9-3. Did you land with any of those three? I had 9-3. 9-3? I was more in the 8-4 yeah. area. I thought people were kind of overstating how, how close it was early. Or how, or well, I think people were overstating how one-sided it was. Early. I saw some people playing 6-0 after 6 for playing. Like, definitely not. No. There were at least two of those wrong. It was clear that Benavidez was, he had his, his place in the fight. You know? Was it like six? I think it was maybe six and like three. Where it was just like, okay, those these are Benavidez rounds. Like, we get so many more rounds like that. Like, you know, it's going to be very clear who's about to win. Yeah, it's another situation where the Benavidez being the more brash type, you know, no, no filter between brains and mouth. So he just says whatever. That's It's just another one of those. Like, uh, same thing happens to Tank. He's quote unquote losing every single round until he wins like that's that's bullshit Benavides was in it uh plant was having success early obviously like i mean he'd had the same kind of success against canelo but i think the only difference is obviously Benavides doesn't get the stoppage and that was a big difference that people were making or uh, something that people were highlighting was that because he couldn't get the stoppage he's clearly a step beneath canelo do you think that? Do you think that's the case? Like, it's a really stark difference between the two. I mean, no. Like, if you like, okay, let's talk about. I mean, we eventually have to bring. Let's talk about Kenny Bayless, okay? Yes. Kenny Bayless, a huge part of this fight. That's right. And I, I like Kenny. I think Kenny's a good referee most of the time. But Kenny, this was probably one of the worst performances I've ever seen from. Yeah. Very was. obvious course. But I don't know what the reasoning was. I don't know if he doesn't like David. I don't know if he really likes Plant. I don't know if he's a bias towards Plant. Stop. I have absolutely no idea. But he was very obviously biased towards Plant. And it was very blatant. Like, he didn't give Plant, I don't think, a single warning for holding or, or low blows or anything until the second nut shot, which was, like, super apparent. Which I don't think it was intentional, but it was a very obvious one. And then he gave him a warning. That was, like, round nine. But Avides was getting warnings, like, every round. <laughs> for some for hitting on the brave, for hitting, you know, in a certain spot, for, you know, he was all over Benavidez. Plant was getting warnings at, you know, the very end of the fight. It's a very different situation. If you get those warnings early, you're kind of anxious. You're going to start getting points taken. So it can change the way you fight, you know? Yeah. I just hate when shit like that happens. Like, Bayless is usually good, but that was a fucking terrible performance. Right. Like, Plant was able to whenever he wanted. Like, zero warnings for holding. Did he ever get one? And he was holding from the begin from opening bell to yeah. the last one. 
it's not Plant's fault. Like, that's a smart thing to do. It's part of the reason he didn't get knocked out. It's on Bayless to, to you know, to, to cut it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he ever did. Like, so he just kept doing it. Just, I mean. About Kenny Bayless, like, I also think he's a fantastic referee. He's one of my favorites. He always favors the boxer, always breaks up clinches yeah. much quicker than anyone else. Always has done that. But the warnings, like you mentioned, are that's where the the bias was clear. That Benavides was getting warned for every little thing, where and Plant didn't get warned for anything until the end. And that's bullshit. That's the bullshit that I was most upset about as far as Kenny Bayless's involvement in the fight is concerned. So he's lined up for Canelo now. Uh, well, I guess I'll talk about Plant's performance for a little bit. Oh, yeah, go ahead. So I think he, you know, he did okay. Like, I think a lot of people were kind of trying better than he did to, like, make their prediction, like, that he would make him, like, silly, like, a little better. I think the only round he really, like, dominated, like, one, two, and, like, five. Those were all good rounds for him, really good rounds for Plant. But, like, okay, starting with round three, you just go back to that round and just pause it. And literally any moment in the round and look at Plant's face. He looks fucking exhausted, right? He's been in the ring for 10 minutes and he looks tired. You know, his hair starts to look fucked up. Like you never notice, like that's an easy way you can tell with Plant. Like when he gets in, his hair looks good. You know, it's all matted down, hairline looks good. When he starts to get tired, bro, that thing starts to go, you know? Yeah, it starts looks to like look bedhead. He starts, you know, you can see this, he starts mouth breathing, you know, he, you can just tell. Like it's, it's just very obvious. And boy, he was doing it early. Like after three rounds, like it don't matter how many plant or how many rounds, like he can win the first seven. You know, it don't matter. He's not going to win. Because his activity just drops so hard. And, like, especially with the legs. Like, <laughs> he just stopped moving. Like, when, in, like by round seven, he was just not moving. Yeah, times. I was going to say, like, around... I thought... I noticed it. Like, his movement steeply declined by about round eight. It was pretty clear yeah, that he's, he was out of there. He's really not moving. It's like, okay, so you... <laughs> Thing that literally no one in the world, including you, thinks you can do against Benavidez doesn't win. Like, stand right in front of him. Everybody wanted to see it for a long time, but it felt like it was always kind of like, it's Benavidez going to need to be kind of a fraud to lose this. Like he's going to need to be big time exposed if Plant's going to win, and that's not what happened. Yeah, so he's the Mexican monsters knows the truth, right? He's the truth. I think so, but uh, another thing, there's people who are like, they almost treat Benavidez as like he's like a new like hype job or something like a EBC hype job. It's like, bro. Plant won, or Benavidez won a title in, like, what, 2017? Is that the Gabriel fight? Like, bro, Benavidez's been around for a while. He's 25 now, won a belt at 20. Like, it's crazy. And it's really taken him so long to get any fights that matter. This is the first fight he's ever had that anyone gives a shit about. What was his biggest opponent before that? Is Darrell? You know? Yeah, that was it. Like, Jalan Love. <laughs> like, these are the type of guys he was fighting. Like, like it all depends on what ultimately. Okay. Um... Anything more to add to this one, or do we want to move on to the previews, which isn't very many? I think that's it. Unless you want to talk about the Canelo fight, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So no, way. I don't think he takes that anytime soon. He still got. He wants to do the Bivol thing again, like an idiot. But what are you going to do? Yeah, I'm not sure what Benavidez would do. Maybe he gets Charlo if he's lucky. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Morel. Maybe he'll fight Ivan Zuko. <laughs> As the WPC International. That'd be a good fight. That'll From be. over to Italy. <laughs> Quick one on uh, Friday, March 31st in London. Harlem Eubank versus Who Cares? And Saturday, April 1st. Uh, we'll start with the with the smaller card, pun kind of intended. Hard Rock 
Hotel and Casino in Oklahoma. Uh, Robisi Ramirez is back versus Isaac Dogbay. This is for the 126 WBO. Yeah, I hope another, I hope 168. <laughs> yeah, that was an odd typo. Right, so uh, Robisi Ramirez. Um, I've never been overly impressed with Isaac Dogbay. I really don't expect yeah, him to do much here. I mean, Dogbay's thing, he knocked out that top rank guy. Magdaleno, isn't that who he knocked out? Jesse Magdaleno. Jesse, I think it was. He was like one of the top ranked guys like you know, seven years ago. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Dog Bay like put him in the dirt, but yeah, Dog Bay's not great. I think he'll get pretty much smoked by Ramirez. I suppose it'll be a question of how good can he make, how entertaining can he make the fight, or is he going to make it a stinker trying to survive? I think he will, yeah. He probably can survive. That's the, that's the plan. If he tries to engage, Ramirez will probably knock him out. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking about it. Um, not much more to put on it besides that. Ramirez might. He's arguably, I mean, none of these guys have fought each other really, so it's hard to say. But yeah, I think he's arguably the best featherweight. I'm not sure many guys I would take against him at 126. I wouldn't take dumbass uh, Navaretti. Ain't no way. Lara? I wouldn't take. Maybe Lara, but I think Robisi would outbox Lara. That's the only one I could think of is Lara he, that might have a chance. Yeah, that's the only one that's potentially competitive. I can't even think of who else at 126. I guess Figueroa's up there now. That would be a potentially good fight, but L- obviously Lee Wood? <laughs> I don't think that one is. Uh, I don't think that would be a pretty yeah, good fight. Yeah, that's not gonna be. Well, it'll be. Fu- it'll be fun for us. Maybe not so much for Lee Wood. I think more likely we get a Robisi and a Mick Conlon. A dude. If if Conlon beats uh, Luis Lopez, we are one hundred thousand percent gonna get Conlon or Robisi. Yeah. The gold medalist versus you know another Olympia. The, you know, middle finger guy, super fight. I didn't see. I didn't look at any at the rest of the card. I don't really think there's anything else worth talking about anyway. Uh, it's probably what um, Jared Anderson, Keyshawn Davis. Yeah, Keyshawn's fighting. He was supposed to fight um, Japanese guy, wasn't it? No, I can't remember who the fuck he was supposed to fight. But they pulled out anyway. So now it's like a last minute guy. No, that's too bad. All right, in London. So this will be in the afternoon for us. Anthony Joshua's back versus Jermaine Franklin. This is his first fight with new trainer Derek James. I expect that to be a really good pairing. I think Anthony Joshua's like his his build, his fighting style is perfect for perfectly suited to be molded by a guy like Derek James. I think this is going to be a great showing for him. I'm excited to see it. I'm hopeful that it plays out as well as I'm thinking it will. Do you expect anything more than Anthony Joshua to just like stunt on Franklin? No, I mean anything. Anything other than that, it's a pretty bad look. So, I don't know about you, but I never even heard of this motherfucker before he fought Dylan White. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard of him before that either. Here's the thing: just give some perspective. Charles Martin's been on pay per view twice. Okay, but in America, we really would need some motherfucking heavyweights. So that means all the promoters, I guarantee you, at one point, saw Jermaine Franklin and were like, Nah. <laughs> yeah. We'll and bring then, Charles Martin back instead. But the funny thing is, I mean, I, I'm not hating on Jermaine Franklin. I actually kind of, I respect his hustle 100%. Because all he had to do was be competitive with Dillian White. And he was. And he's earned himself, you know, a couple million dollars. Yeah. Three, four million dollars. So, hey, probably get his fucking, probably get sent to the fucking space. But earned yourself a big check. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Can't knock him for that. I hope he at least gives him a good fight for more than six rounds. <laughs> I don't think it would be more <laughs> Like, Dominic Brazil made it to seven. Yeah, but Brazil is a, a big motherfucker. 
Yeah, he is. All right, so yep. moving ahead. April 7th, we have a Showbox card. A bunch of guys I've never really heard of, but Showbox is usually a good... There's at least one good fight, or at least one good fighter that you'll catch on Showbox, so it's always fun checking it out. We'll know one of these guys within, like, two years. Yeah. Surely. There's a Provox TV card on April 5th in Mexico City. April 8th in California, the Dignity Health Sports Park. Sebastian Pandora is back defending his WBC interim versus Brian Mendoza. So that'll be kind of fun. Prudential Center, New Jersey, Shakur Stevenson versus uh, Ichiro Yoshino. And in Texas, uh, Murajin Ahmedaliev, a.k.a. MJ, defends his IBF WBA titles versus Marlon Tapales, Bam Rodriguez versus Christian Gonzalez, and Raymond Ford versus Jesse Magdaleno. Uh, where do you want to start? Mm, man, those are some shitty fights. He, who's Brian Mendoza? Why do I know the name Brian Mendoza? I think he beat um, Jason Rosario. Okay, yeah. That's starting, to, that's starting to make sense. Yeah, I mean, I guess Fendori's just staying active until Charlo kills Zoo, so probably just going to be a pushover for him. Yeah, yeah, just got to do something while you're waiting for your shot. And he's already in line, so I guess just got to wait it out a little bit. Um, Shakur is going to beat the shit out of some guy. I, mean, I don't know. I assume there's some Japanese promoter paid to get like a huge IVF ranking. I mean, nobody's ever heard of this guy. He's never fought outside of Japan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's just weird how stuff, like, I would honestly just be, like, I'm not even mad. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, it's top rank. Like, they're going to find a dog shit opponent regardless who it is. But, like, how did this guy get in this position? I would just love to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, it's just interesting. interested. Like, it's just so random. I think this is the one where Keyshawn Davis and Jared Anderson are coming back. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not a the card this round. Does Anderson have an opponent in I don't know, and whoever it is probably. doesn't matter. Yeah, probably not. He had a decent step up last time, you know, all things considered. Relative to who he meant fun. What was that, like Johnny Rice or some shit? I think so. Or Jared Forrest. It was Jerry Forrest. I think that's who he's fighting next. Is Johnny Rice? No, that's who. He's oh, uh, that would be good. I mean, I understand a body, but good for his, you know, early resume. Oh, Michael Coffey is back on the AJ card. I forgot about that. He's the nice. the co-main. So, yeah, I got some uh, I got some skin in the game now. <laughs> MJ Akhmadaliev. He's no doubt like the first question they're gonna ask is uh, about Fulton Inouye for the, since those are the other two titles. Uh, I'm curious to see. MJ seems <laughs> to be like a bit more well-rounded than the other two. Yeah, I feel like everyone just kind of forgot about Akhmadali. Yeah, because he, he, like, he's good. His skills just are obviously to... there, but like nothing really stands out. Yeah, he's just frozen out. He's just stuck on his own fight. Nobody's Fulton Inouye fighting Fulton Inouye fighting. Yeah, it's an too bad. Situation. That's the price of uh, fighting on Dazen. Uh, By the way, Anderson's fighting uh, George Arias from the Dominican Republic. 18 and 0 with 7 KOs. So, tune in, ESPN Plus. 18 and 0 with 7 KOs? Yeah. That is not He's good. a master. He's a master boxer. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> Bam Rodriguez versus a nobody. He moved back down to flyweight. This is the WBO yeah, vacant. 
I yeah. thought about that. I saw his last fight against what was it, Israel Gonzalez. Yes. And, heard, and you know, I didn't think it was as bad as some people said. It was a pretty middling performance. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he bodies this guy. I probably won't watch it live, but if there's some good highlights, you know, I'll check them out. Yeah, probably do the same. Uh, Raymond Ford, I just recognized his name. Same with Jesse Magdaleno. So they're fighting. Enjoy that. Yeah, I think Ford is, Ford is pretty trash, but he'll probably beat Magdaleno. How old is Magdaleno? Do you know? I want to say early 30s. He was getting pushed by top rank like pretty heavy in he like was. 2014, 2015, something like that. Yep. And uh, he brought his brother up with him, I think, Diego. Yeah, Diego. Yeah, that's, they had like a little bit of a falling out with top rank because of a... Uh, they kept playing the knockout with like CFO and Diego or whatever. Yeah, that's how that's what that's what top rank does. It's really cutthroat. This guy, dude. They're looking for a highlight reels for sure. That's probably the logic that Anderson. They'll probably have to go seven KOs and not be able to get any respect. It's such a to Mars. The most you remember uh, the KO that FA Jogba got like a year and a half, two years ago. Where he's, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was just a guy who was so much smaller than him. It was a guy who was like cruiserweight sized. And he just got fucking obliterated. It was like one of those vicious, you know, mismatches I've ever seen. Uh, I can't. No, I, I can't think of it. Let me see if I can pong up. Just, you know, just that, that one, I don't know if I. Brian Howard. You know, prayers up to Brian Howard. Dude, even Brian Howard's super dope. You've, you've definitely seen that highlight before, at least. So uh, he just hits him with a one to these fucking slumps. Yes. Top rank plays it like four or five times a week, probably. Yes. The, the, you, when you said he just, the, the one two, like that, yeah. 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 That it, was, was it was a bad one. <sighs> they need to, speaking of FA, that, that's who Anderson needs to be fighting. Yeah. Maybe, maybe later this year. They're trying to rehab FA's image, I expect, before they put him into yeah, anything yeah. meaningful. He's got two wins, you know, post Sanchez, at least. It's crazy, he was the underdog to that, that bomb, uh, Shaw. He were just like, hey, don't bet money on Scott. <laughs> he pulled it out. Shout out. If there's nothing else, that's gonna do it for us here. Nothing else? I think that's it. I don't think so. Alright, so, time to plug our shit. So, we talked a little bit about Nganu. We talk a bit, we talk a lot more about him on the Ultimate Fucking Casual. It's our MMA show. We, we just did our um, UFC 286 recap, and uh, there's a fight night card as well, and there's 287 coming up, so look forward to that. If you want to hear boxing in Spanish, boxing in Espanol, Real Deal Cinema, my buddy Ryan, he got a screenwriter to come on. His name is uh, Joe Favalaro. They did a little interview, like the creative process and all that shit. It's pretty cool. I thought it was fun to, to hear it from you know, a guy who does it for a living just be, being a bit of a writer myself so other than that parting words please change David Benavidez's nickname back to Red Flag yes. way cooler than Mike Monster. yes it is it's, I think it's just because it was Mike Tyson that gave it to him yeah they're trying to ride that, that way for sure <sighs> uh, it'll dry up eventually it's just so generic like wow make a, well, a, a alliteration and everything incredible incredible thanks Mike we're getting promotional ideas from fucking stoned out of his mind, 58-year-old Mike Todd. <laughs> Lomachenko changing his from high-tech to Loma. Or yet alone, and then like, like apparently, on, didn't they call him like Matrix, which is like Matrix? Like, what kind of nickname is that? Like, how, how is your name Matrix? Yeah, Loma, that, that was kind of lame. Not the best. Um, Mexican Monster's kind of fun, I suppose. 
Yeah, just ride the wave. Hopefully they change it back. I would be more okay with it if that was like what they always call it. Yeah. It, you know? Right, right. And like I remember, dude, I remember in early fights, like in the Medina fight, the hardest, you know, everybody knows that clip where he like throws like a million punches and knocks him out. But the coldest part of that clip is if you look in the back, he has people in the crowd with a thick ass red flag and they start like waving it and shit. I understand it's kind of fucked up for the people behind you, but they need to bring that back because that, that was hard. Yeah. All right. That's going to be it. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you have any questions or comments on what was discussed or have a topic you'd like to hear on the podcast, you can leave a message on our unattended phone line at 833-589-7637. That's 833-LUX-PODS. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lvxentertainment.net.